As 2019 comes to an end, it's hard not to sit here and reflect on what happened over the past year, and it's hard not to look ahead. It's hard not to look at what you do and judge yourself for what you've done over the past year. Have I done enough? Did I lose that weight? Uh, and then we all get into that panic mode of, you know, trying to create New Year's resolutions and change everything. And you ask yourself, is it fucking healthy? I don't know, man. I don't know. I do the same thing that you guys all do. I'm sitting around here, New Year's Eve uh, day. Tonight we'll have some folks over, but for now we're just sort of sitting around and thinking about the past year, right? What have you done this year? And, and you know what? I it can't be that hard on myself because we've done a lot this year, you know? And I think it's tough when you have bigger goals, when you have the dream and you're consistently judging everything you do based upon how far you get with that. And it blows, it fucking blows, man. And it's part of this job, it's part of this business um, because the haul is long and I talk about it on the show all the time. It's a long fucking haul <laughs> to get to that point. And I hope those of you listening to the show have enjoyed being along this haul for this year. Um, it's been a good one. And uh, today, on today's episode, there is no guest. It's been a while since I've just done a show by myself. Um, and I've got episodes logged away that have guests that I'm, I'm ready to put out. But it, it's just been a while since, you know, you and me sat around and chatted. Uh, so that's what we're going to do today. I think we're going to ring in the new year or get close to ringing in the new year together. Mm. And um, let's talk about some stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's my intro for this episode. <laughs> so you know the deal. Grab those noise-canceling headphones. Uh, find a little reprieve from whatever family vacation that you've been on for two weeks. Uh, maybe you're still eating leftovers. And maybe you're a fat piece of shit right now uh, because you've been eating your ass off. And I know everybody is. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with it. As long as you've enjoyed that process <laughs> of getting fat. You know what I mean? As long as you've enjoyed it, as long as you're eating because you've been eating with good people, because the family's been good, because your friends are great, you know, life is good, you're trying different foods. That's, I am, I'm, I'm very much in support of getting fat and dying because of that. You know, if you're living a good life, it's great. If you're uh, miserable and you're trying to stay skinny and you're judging yourself every step of the way, then why the fuck do it? You're just gonna be alive long enough to be miserable, you know, longer to be miserable. So anyway, you know the deal. Grab those noise-canceling headphones, sit back, relax, loosen your belt, and enjoy the brand new episode of In Love With The Process.
So, like I said in that half-ass intro, today it's just you and me sitting around, talking shop. Let's talk about what happened over the past year. Um, I am very excited with the show. I promised you a year ago that the show would get bigger and better. Um, and I feel like we are delivering. Um, and this coming year, it's going to be even bigger and better. Uh, I've actually got um, a new intern coming uh, in January. So we'll have someone new on the show helping out. I'm also uh, 100% committed to start, excuse me, filming some of the episodes. I don't know if I'm going to film all the episodes. I think I'm just going to film the ones that are worth being filmed. Because it's one of those things where I feel like certain interviews are better uh, audio-wise than they are video-wise. Because as soon as you start introducing cameras uh, to people, and I've learned this over you know 18 years of doing documentary work. As soon as you start bringing cameras and lights into the scenario, people act strange. With good fucking reason. Because all you're doing is sort of looking at this stuff going, okay, this is on record. You know, everything I do, every every movement I make is on record at this point. So that's why uh, a lot of the interviews in front of camera are kind of crap. And you can tell when people are doing press junkets and stuff that they've rehearsed their stories. I mean, that's part of the deal. Whenever you go do a press junket, whenever you go do radio, and I've done this before, you got to rehearse. You got to come up with a story. You got to come up with some sort of identifiable, sort of relatable, oh, I hate that fucking word, relatable story that you then proceed to tell over and over and over again when you go about and you do stuff. Um, I just don't like that shit. I try to fucking break that shit immediately when you listen to the show. And as we get bigger and better guests, you're going to see me trying to weave my way through that. You know, because uh, at the end of the day, people only go on these shows, most of the time only go on these shows because they have something to promote. And the thing that's been so great about our podcast is that the people that I reach out to generally aren't there to promote something, right? Because I'm reaching out to them cold at some strange time. And I usually ask folks when they're not in the promotional tour to come do the show. I can't promise it's going to be that way forever because most of the time when you get the big people... That's the only way you can convince them to come on the show. It's like, all right, it's worth my two hours to go talk to this fucking dude that I don't know um, if I have something to promote. And maybe his audience will want to watch or buy my thing. That is everything. That is everything that you see on TV when it comes to interview shit. All of it. Straight across the board. So I'm trying to make it a little bit different, a little bit more interesting on the show and not about just promoting stuff. Because uh, at the end of the day, that's only part of it. And if I'm going to get someone on to do promotional stuff, as I as I talk to myself here, um, I'm going to talk to them about what that fucking's like. You know what I mean? Like uh, the exhausting process of doing a promo tour. Because it's exhausting. I mean, doing a podcast is exhausting. I think the most podcasts I've done in a day was three, and I just passed out after that. And when you think about it, talking for six hours straight, whew, it's intense. I know you're thinking like, oh, elevated problems. Well, you know, fuck yourself. It's true. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, 2019, it's crazy. It's, it was a crazy year for us. You know, it was, you know, if you guys have been following the show, uh, you know that Gene and I did the big move from the East Coast to the West Coast. You can go back and watch, listen to those episodes. Those are great episodes. It's a whole mini series on our travel from Boston to Los Angeles and all the shit we encountered along the way. 
how difficult it was to find an apartment in Los Angeles, how difficult it was to pack shit up and move it across, where we drove, what our route was. Um, it's actually a really good series. And if you're into travel, if you like traveling around, there's a lot of really cool stuff. Because uh, we go through like, you know, we take the northern route across the country and we end up still going through a lot of the Midwest, which is a strange country. Um, so we talk about that stuff. And uh, we also get really deep into the stress that uh, is behind deciding that you're going to change your whole fucking life, deciding that you're going to take 18 years of networking and 18 years of all of that stuff in a city and, and leaving it behind to go start again, right? <clears throat> so it's, a, it's one of those things that most people think about because we all have those moments, especially, I guess that's why they call it midlife crisis stuff. Uh, because you hit a point in your life where you're like, oh, what have I done? I haven't done this. I'm halfway through. Fuck, I need to do this. And the big thing that starts up in your in, in your gut is how am I going to do this? How am I going to survive this? How am I going to make it through? You know, what happened? Like, how can I leave my job? How can I leave everybody that I know? How can I walk away from that stuff? I won't have those people around me. I won't. I got to start all over again, you know? Um, and that's kind of why we did that miniseries, because I really wanted to showcase that stuff. And, you know, being someone that just went through it, it was difficult. It's very hard to do. It's very hard to pack your life up uh, to move. But the same token, you survive and you forget. Because when you get comfortable and you get nestled into your routine, you get nestled into your group and your this little world that you've created, uh, you start to protect it. And I feel like that's what we do as humans, Right. We find some stuff, we get some stuff, we get some money, you know, and then it's like, fuck, how do I hold on to this? How do I maintain this? How do I protect this? It's this nesting mentality that we have. Uh, it probably leads to the top 2% of this country, 1% of this country. They do the same fucking thing. I got all this shit. Let me build gates around my house. By the way, holy shit, driving around here in Los Angeles, there are so many like freaked out fucking people. You know, how, how tall do your fucking barbed wire gates need to be around your cute house up in the fucking Hollywood Hills, right? Is it because you're concerned about someone coming to take your shit or is it valid? Is it needed? And maybe it is valid and needed. Is this sort of the long-term remnants of the Rodney King riots out here? You know, is that is that part of it? Was that scary for folks? I'm sure it was. I don't know. It's weird. And how does that connect? I think it just comes down to like you, you start to make a world for yourself and you desperately want to hold it together. And I think in that, it can get dangerous for you. It can get mentally dangerous for you because you're so focused on maintaining that you're not really opening yourself up to new stuff. And this is something that I learned when I, when I sort of walked away from all that stuff and I, I got out of it. And then uh, the process of driving cross-country was an interesting reset. And then coming out here and trying to figure out all new shit, you know, like stupid shit. Like, where do I going to buy my groceries? And like, you know, how do I get my fucking driver's license? Like all this weird shit that you don't think about. Um, and it's been good. It, like it starts to like kickstart that side of your brain that was just kind of sitting in shit. You know what I mean? Because it didn't need to do anything. And... You know, I'm what, 41 now? So I I quite often find myself going, fuck, my brain is just feeling really lethargic lately. 
you know, how do I kickstart? Do I start reading and I start reading something? Or if I start trying to memorize things or Gina and I are, are trying to learn how to play new board games to try to get our brains rolling again. Um, it's just so strange how easily we can fall into this malaise. Like, you know, like I don't, I, like you get out of bed later, you start getting out of bed later. And this is relevant for a lot of you guys listening who are freelancers, right? You know, it is so fucking easy to fall off that routine, especially this time of year during the holidays where it's like, okay, well, no one's, no one's working. So I could either stress myself out and be sitting in front of the computer waiting for an email that's never going to fucking come, or I can give into it and make the most out of the holiday season, which I highly suggest. So then you get into that and you're playing that game for a while and you're enjoying it. The first couple of days are fantastic. We had an amazing Christmas day here. And it was the first time that Gina and I have not been around our family for Christmas. And we just made our own traditions this year. What do we do? We, uh, Woke up the morning, I made a, a quiche. Well, I didn't make a quiche. I defrosted a quiche and I put it in the oven. So I had a quiche for the morning and then we hung out, uh, hung over actually, because we started a new tradition of going out New Year's Eve and we went out and hung out with some really cool people New Year's Eve night. And the cool thing about going out to bars that are open is that they're fucking empty because everybody's doing family shit. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun going to these bars. Like I think at one point... Uh, half hammered I walked up to the bar and the bouncer in there was so laid back that he was just playing a video game what was he playing he was playing like the new Mortal Kombat or something and uh, I just played the video game with him I like, kicked his ass if he's listening I kicked your ass in that game um, <clears throat> but it was a blast and we stayed out really late and uh, had too many drinks and so Christmas morning Santa brought us a hangover <laughs> so uh, had some quiche Crashed on the couch, took a nap, woke up from that nap, made homemade pizzas. We made two homemade pizzas, which were awesome. Although my oven doesn't really get hot enough and I don't have a pizza stone. And I grew up making, uh, you know, cookie sheet pizzas. You know what I mean? Like, you, like uh, what do they call them? It's um, not Neapolitan. It's, uh, it'll come to me. Uh, but the problem with my oven is that the cookie sheets don't get hot enough in the center. So when I'm doing the pizza, the center is still doughy, which sucks. And so now I think I have to try to get like a pizza stone or something. And I think the trick is you got to heat that fucking thing up so that when you stick a, a pizza on it, it's already starting to cook in the center, you know, because otherwise you're running it for so long that you're essentially just sort of burning the toppings to try to get the fucking center dough cooked. What a pain in the ass. Um, but anyway, they were, they were tasty. I had some doughy center on, on both those pizzas. Uh, so we did the pizzas, came in, watched some movies. We watched, uh, Scrooged was our one Christmas movie that we watched, which is a great fucking movie, man. Bill Murray. Richard Donner directed it. We're talking Goonies director. We're talking Lethal Weapon director. Um, movie's pretty great, man. It's an awesome film. We watched that and then we watched something else that was a new movie and it was okay. Did I watch that new Michael Bay movie? Uh, that movie's terrible. The new Michael Bay movie on uh, Netflix. It's awful. Awful. I, I swear to God that that dude just doesn't know how people act in real life. <laughs> and I love him. I love his movies. Uh, but that one was awful. 
Fuck, that was awful. I almost wish that he just went and did the new Bad Boys instead of doing that. Uh, which I'll which I'll see. Even though he didn't direct, I'll see it. You know. Um, so yeah, we watched that and then uh, made dinner. I actually did a pork roast, which I had never done before, and it came out fucking great. It was just a straight oven roasted pork roast on vegetables, on roasted vegetables. And it was very uh, bon appetit. You know what I mean? It felt like I was doing a bon appetit spread for that one. I was proud of that. That was a good one. First time. Came out awesome. With like a mushroom gravy. Fuck, it was good. What'd you guys eat? Why are you fat? <laughs> I know why I'm fucking fat. When I die, they'll cut me open and they'll go, well, it was all charcuterie and the good shit. It wasn't cheeseburgers. It wasn't McDonald's that made this guy. Uh, cholesterol and fucking... Uh, uh, diabetic. It was uh, the good shit. <laughs> Still murdered him, but it was the good shit. Mm. So it was good. We had a, a really good. We had a really good Christmas, and then after that, uh, Gina and I have been going crazy, honestly, because this town shuts down until at least mid uh, January, um, and so we're here to work. You know, and I'm hungry to fucking work and I want to make some shit and I want to get these things going and everybody's on vacation and it just sucks. And so then what you do is you end up falling even deeper into vacation mode, right? So you get up even later, maybe you do one or two things a day and then you're trying to maintain. You're like, fuck, I got to do something. I got to do some research. I got to write something. Maybe I'll do some storyboarding. I got to do something. And then you, you you attempt to start that, but then it's like vacation time and there's a hundred different things pulling you away from it. Um, and then this sort of culminates, it sort of builds itself for this week until we get to today, you know? And then today, New Year's Eve, you're sort of sitting here going, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going to change my fucking life. I'm going to change my life. Tomorrow it's going to start. I'm going to make a new list. And I'm going to fucking do it all. I'm going to lose that ass load of weight. You know, this is like, what is it? New Year's Day is the biggest sign-up day for yoga and for gyms. Think about that. And they know it within the industry. They know that they're just going to get that loot. Because you're going to go, you're going to fucking sweat on some gear for about a week. And then you're going to be like, ah, I got shit I got to do. And then it's done. And then most, I think that's why those places do three-month sign-ups. Because they know. They know you're not going to stick around. Special deal. Three months sign up. Get a discount. Because they know you're going to back out two months from now. Or a month from now. Two weeks from now. Three weeks from now. Mm. So it's strange, right? That's the mode I'm in. And I bring this up on the show because I know I'm not alone. I know you guys all feel the same fucking way, right? What are you going to do this year? What is the big thing? And, and the, Okay, so let's talk about Making a plan, right? Let's talk about that. Because then you get, if you sit down, and this is what I try to do, and I did this, I'm going to probably do it again for the new year. Because it was the only way we were able to get done, what we've been done, or getting done. Jesus Christ, I can't talk today. It was the only way for me to do the stuff that I've got done. Um, in the past, whether it's movies, whether it's moving, I have to sit down and make a plan. And the I mean, for, if anything, just for focus, right? Because let's say you want to make a movie, right? Okay, that's my that's your that's your to do list. You go, okay, to do list, twenty twenty. I'm gonna make a movie. Boom. 
well, how the fuck do you get started? Right? How do you get fucking started on that? So now you really have to sit there and think. You go, okay, well, how much do I know? Well, where am I? And how much do I need to know? And what should I learn? And, and, and I, okay, so can I make a movie this year? Which is my goal. But the only reason why I say that I can do it is because I've had fucking six, seven years of like just prepping these films and putting them into place and finally getting into that position. And it's like, okay, so I gotta, I, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make one of these movies this year. So this year, hopefully it's who's there. So we're gonna try to do who's there and what am I gonna do to get who's there done? I gotta make sure that the script is finished. I gotta make sure that I'm doing my research on who I wanna cast for it. And so you start to break it down. It's like, okay, I know there's gonna be some weird special effects in this. So I don't want to do CGI, so maybe I should do some research ahead of time, do my homework ahead of time, because then I'll impress the fuck out of the people that are making the movie if I've done my homework, right? Okay, so I'll start to do that. And how do I do that? Well, I should get some books on practical effects, because fuck YouTube. Everybody that does stuff on YouTube is the same sort of technique that's just being regurgitated because people need content on YouTube. So instead of doing the hard work, they sort of regurgitate everything else that's out there. So let me go dig back to the source of this. I'm going to go find a special effects book on this stuff. Okay, great. Uh, <clears throat> and then, uh, so then what is the next step? And so if you take these things and you start to break them down, right, into small steps, and into steps that are accomplished, easily accomplished, within a day, right? So you get some big shit on your list, and you get some little shit on your list, right? And then as you go through weekly, you can make a weekly to-do list. I make daily to-do lists. So generally, I'll go through my to-do list, and I'll remember what's on my big list, and I'll go, okay... What's the big thing on there? Um, I need to find some uh, new... I need to make the show bigger, right? I need to make this podcast bigger. And so how do I get my hands on larger talent for this show? Okay, well, maybe I'll spend some time in researching who it is that I want. Maybe I'll make sure that my IMDb Pro page is still set up and I'll start to go through and see who's managing and who's the PR people for certain people and start to break it down from there. And literally, just that process on a to-do list on a day like today uh, can take me eight fucking hours. And so you've, you've filled your day with something that feels like you're working towards the goal and you're learning from it, which is really great, right? So I think that's important because as, like I said, as we all feel like shit today, right? And we're like, I'm just gonna fucking change it tomorrow. I'm gonna make my life better tomorrow. Well, the trick is you gotta make a list and you gotta make a list that has a lot of easily accomplished things on it because if it's all big lofty shit, right? Uh, and you can't accomplish a few things in that day, you're just going to further make yourself feel like crap. It's like weight. It's like fucking trying to lose weight. I need to lose fucking 20 pounds, 30 pounds, right? And that's what I need to do. And as you go through the process of doing it every fucking week, and you're like only chipping away a pound or two pounds a week, and you're busting your fucking ass, man. You're busting your ass for it. Like yesterday, Gina and I went on a hike or walk or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And you're supposed to clock in, what is it, five miles a day? Okay, so we did it yesterday. We did uh, one of the parks out here, which has got some hills and shit, which means you burn some more calories, you go through all that process. So we started to do it, <clears throat> and we timed it out because there's apps for everything. There's an app that'll tell you when to take a shit at this point, so it's fine. So we time it out, we go out. To get halfway, to, to, to do five miles on, on a walk, 
right? That's at least two hours. You can't get it done in less than two hours. You just physically can't. So when you start to think about that, you're like, okay, so I went and I did this. I did this walk and I'm like, how much did that chip off for calories? And it's like, well, maybe a sandwich or, you know. (laughs) And you're like, fuck. All right, so if I do this every day, right? I go for this walk every day, this meaningless task. The only reason I'm doing it is because I'm uh, afraid of the future, right? I'm afraid of death, right? Or maybe I'm just pissed off that like I'm in in between pant sizes right now. So I'm going to go do this fucking meaningless task. And how often do I have to do it? And how fucking slow does it work? And sure, I feel better when I'm done, but fuck, the motivation to do that sucks. And if my only motivation for that is I need to lose fucking 30 pounds, I'm going to be out in like two days, a week, maybe I'll be out because it's too far ahead. You can't, you can't be making yourself miserable for something that is never going to, well, it may be obtainable, but it's not going to be obtainable immediately. You're not going to see any results immediately. You know, just because I went for a walk yesterday, I didn't come home and go, whew, I feel skinny. You know what I mean? I came home and I went, well, I'm thinking a little bit better and, you know, my blood seems to be flowing interestingly. All right, that's that's all right. That's cool. And when I saw my doc, he's like, lose a pound a week. Try to lose a pound a week. And even that is tough, right? And so then you're sort of focusing on like, what is it that I'm eating and how often am I eating meat meals and what am I not eating meat meals? What is my portion sizes? All this other stuff. But it's obtainable. That's more obtainable than, hey, I'm going to lose 30 fucking pounds. And I only bring the weight thing into it because a lot of people talk about weight stuff when it comes to the new year. That's like the biggest thing. I'm a fat piece of shit. Well, yeah, of course you are. It's the winner. You're drinking eggnog. How many times you go out for a fucking Christmas party, office party, right? How many beers did you have? How many gin and tonics did you throw back? Uh, and then you go fucking hang out with two families if you're in a relationship. You know, first one, bam, what are we having tonight? Ham, fucking potatoes, fucking all this other stuff. Yeah, okay, you're going to get fat. <laughs> Enjoy it. Enjoy getting fat then. Enjoy eating all that stuff. Because those memories will be the memories that fucking flood back in right before you breathe your last breath, man. It won't be, uh, hey, I'm looking good. <laughs> Be like, hey, remember that time when we went and we uh, had that fucking great meal? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, boom. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Think about that stuff as uh, you're approaching your uh, end of the year, beginning of the year depression that most people have. We all have it. Every one of us has that fucking thing. Um, and take it. Take what I like to try to do is take that anxiety. This is probably not healthy, so you should probably not listen to this. But I like to take the anxiety that I have and roll that into work. Roll that into motivation. Roll that into the reason why I get the fuck out. Right? The reason why I started to do this podcast today was that. Um, and it it works, man. It starts to check. It starts to click off stuff. And if you go back and you look, if I go back and I look at my list that I did earlier this year, at the beginning of this year, beginning of 2019, I fucking, I fucking accomplished, goddamn most of it, right? 86% of it. It's exhausting to do, but you do it. And so when you're sitting here and you're going, fuck, and I'm, you know what? I'm talking to myself here, guys, because I have the same issue. 
I'm sitting here going like, God damn it, I don't want to make another fucking list, but how long, I still don't have a fucking movie made, and God damn it. Um, but if I don't, if I don't do those, if I don't do those steps, then what the fuck am I doing? And Jesus, just being for two weeks now, just being in a state of hold in this industry, I feel like I'm retired. I feel like I'm in retirement. I never want to fucking retire. We go crazy. Like Gina and I love each other. And we're around each other all the time. And like there's it hits points where we're just, we're turning on each other. Cause we're just like, fuck, we got nothing to do. And God damn it. I'm so miserable and fuck. And then we start getting at each other, you know, it's nuts. It's nuts. Fuck. Why retire? Like I'm going to go play golf. Yeah. You do that for three weeks and then you want to put a gun in your face. And then all you're talking about is your ailments and how everything's being pulled away from you. Mm -mm. I want to be Clint Eastwood, man. I want to fucking drop dead over the goddamn craft services table. <laughs> oh, yeah. This Jesus salami is really great. <laughs> Done. What do you think about this next shot? I think you should. <laughs> Done. Finished. <laughs> Done. Finished. <laughs> he died doing what he loves. Because <laughs> I, I think it's going to keep my brain going. I think it's going to keep my heart going. Um, I think it's going to keep me happy. If that means I only go till 70, so be it. You know what I mean? At least it was a good time. It was a good run. Wow. See? End of the year depression. Pretty crazy shit, right? Let's change the subject a little bit. Let's see. What else? Mm. What else have we been up to? Uh, I just watched a couple really great movies, actually. I actually had a day... Where I jumped into some crime movies. And I love fucking crime thrillers. I love a good crime movie. And there are a lot of them right now. Drives me fucking insane. Um, but what did I watch? I watched, uh, again, I watched Dragged Across Concrete. Have you guys seen this yet? Let me give you the cast, right? Mel Gibson. Vince Vaughn. Don Johnson. What the fuck, right? Straight up, what the fuck? I'm going to see this movie. And the thing that's really great about it is, is that it's directed by S. Craig Zoller. I think that's how you say his last name. I think it's Zoller. Z-A-H-L-E-R, Zoller, Zayler. Um, I love his fucking movies. Have you guys seen Bone Tomahawk, right? With Kurt Russell. Indians, cowboy and Indian, really intense, bloody, strange movie. I'm not going to give anything away. Watch it. Uh, and then Brawl in Cell Block 99 with Vince Vaughn, where he's the criminal that goes into prison. It's brutal. That movie's fucking great. And the thing I love about his movies, they have this 1970s, they have this exploitation vibe to them and like genre vibe to them that I really dig. And he doesn't pull any punches, but he's really very much... Uh, nerd for cinema, very much a nerd for the craft. So he takes his fucking time with these. So uh, if, you, if you're looking for like a Vin Diesel Fast and Furious fucking thing, that's not what he does. He does like uh, more like a point blank with Lee Marvin. He does, you know, um, maybe some of the French connection vibes are in there. Serpico definitely vibes are in there. Uh, and he does it really fucking well. I really enjoy his movies. I actually wrote to him and, and tried to get him on the show. And maybe I will in the spring. 
And I think he's listening to the episodes now. I'd like to have you on the show. So let's do it in the spring. But watch it. Fucking great. And God damn it. Mel Gibson, I love him on screen. I love him on fucking screen. I love his face. And the older he gets, the cooler his fucking face gets. He's got like these really intense lines. He's got all this life chiseled on his face. I fucking love it, man. It's a great fucking movie. Definitely check it out. I think you can only get it on demand or on one of the... Yeah, I think it's on uh, Amazon. You have to pay for it. It's cheap as fuck. And now I've got to the point where if I'm buying um, digital movies, I don't like the idea that I'm just paying to have a digital movie that I don't fucking have. Uh, and so one of the things that I'm... I hate to say it. I'm, my, I'm subscribed to Vudu, which is owned by Walmart. <sighs> right? But thing I like about them... And I guess you could do it with Amazon, but what, they're both fucking monsters. So what I like about it is uh, I can actually order the disc and the digital copy, which I'm now doing for movies that I like because I still believe in having physical media. Uh, it's really cool. Not only is it cool because it feels special, but then when you have people over, they sort of go through your physical media and you're just, they're just like, oh, he, he actually cares enough about this movie to own it. What does this mean? Um, and it's a cool conversational thing. It's like a cool sharing thing. You can lend somebody a Blu-ray, um, which I like to do, because uh, then we can talk about it. It means something again, right? I mean, how often do we spend time just going through our queue going like, I don't know what I want to watch. Uh, and just sort of scrolling through the shit. It just doesn't mean anything. But anyway, um, saw that movie. Really great. And I saw another movie that Gene and I actually really enjoyed that has been on my queue for a while. I think this was on Netflix. This movie called Bullethead stars Adrian Brony, uh, John Malkovich, right? Uh, Rory Culkin. Rory Culkin. So the other Culkin brother. He was like the young kid in Signs. He's in it. And he's really great in it. Uh, And then Antonio Banderas is in it. Another great fucking cast. It's such a weird time right now in movies where some of these greats, like these big name actors, have fallen off of the value list, right? This is this whole thing on like how valuable are actors as you're casting movies, as you're putting things together. What is their perceived value and how do you value that shit? And it blows my mind because we deal with that as we start to get into casting. And if I talk to producers and uh financiers and they're like okay so let's talk about talent let's talk about a valuable talent to this and i'm like okay so is there a fucking meter is there like a list like how do i how do i perceive value like is it like how valuable they are on imdb right now i don't know i still don't have that fucking answer but a big portion of it isn't necessarily how good they are as an actor most of it isn't that it's like all right how good are they when they're on the press junket right how many people have watched the YouTube video of them on Jimmy Fallon? You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. And so a lot of this really great older talent has sort of fallen down a notch into actually a more achievable world for me, which I hope I could do. Um, but, you know, you got, I mean, Mel Gibson went through all sorts of shit. We don't have to get into that. But he is now in that attainable range for like a first time filmmaker which is fucking awesome um but like seeing john malkovich at that level and and uh you know bullethead is like it's definitely an indie it's a contained movie right so they wrote it specifically to keep the locations very contained 
Um, I would assume, depending upon what they paid their talent, I would assume it's like a $5 million or under movie. Uh, I couldn't find online how much it was to make. Um, but it's great, dude. Uh, Adrian Brody's fucking awesome. He's always been fucking awesome. Where the fuck has he been? I love him, man. I put him in one of my movies in a heartbeat. Mm. He's fantastic. Um, and then uh, Rory Culkin, you know, uh, he's really great. He changes it. Like, it's so funny growing. It's got to be so hard being a child actor. And we've talked about this in other episodes, but it's got to be really difficult. Essentially being branded to the world with the face of a child, right? And then you get older. <laughs> and of course, your face is going to change. Of course, your body type is going to change. Of course, all that's going to happen. And you just sort of look at them and you're like, well, how weird. They just look weird now. It's like, no, they're just getting older, you asshole. <laughs> And so when I saw the movie, I was like, who the fuck is, holy shit, it's the little kid from Science. And that's it, man. It's going to be really rugged to be a great child actor. Like, um, oh my God, uh, who was the kid from um, my brain? Here it is. See, this is the, this is the fucking non-practice lethargic shit. Um, Sixth Sense. Who's the kid from the Sixth Sense? Let's look it up right now because I'm my fucking I'm an I'm an idiot. Um, nothing better than listening to a guy use the internet on a podcast. Oh my god! Just give it to me right now. Give it to me right now. Haley Joe Osmond, right? He was he was like he was like top of the line when he was a kid. Fucking amazing actor, better than a lot of adult actors. Um, and I like him now. I think he's great now. Um, but he's a completely different dude now. And you see him on screen and he doesn't have uh, the same chemistry that he had as a kid, which is weird. It's got to be tough. It's got to be really tough. Hopefully he made enough money and his parents were real smart that it, they, uh, they banked it all the way for him. Because that fucking kid must have made some goddamn loot. He was in everything, right? Um. But anyway, yeah, uh, Roy Culkin was in Bullethead. And the movie's pretty great. It's, uh premise is a couple of bank robbers, I think, or a couple of thieves are on the run, and they get trapped in this old abandoned building, you know, industrial building, super smart, as far as, like, cheap location. They get trapped in this place, and it turns out there's a guard dog or some sort of fighting dog in this place that is hunting them. So it's pretty good. It's really great, actually. I thought it was just going to be super trash. And uh, the direction was great, the writing was great, and the acting was fucking phenomenal. Uh, it's on Netflix. I would totally check it out. Go watch it. It's called Bullethead. Mm. So as you can see, one of the things that I've been doing to try to keep myself sane is I've been watching more movies, which has been great. I watched the entire new season of The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and I think it's fucking fantastic. It is uh, uh, such a, a wonderful, it's one of those shows that I get lost in, first off. And it's great if that happens because I work in the business. So if I get lost in a show, I'm like, fuck, okay, you guys are doing it right. And then when I pull myself out and I actually look around a little bit, it's like, holy shit. Look at that one shot. There's a sequence that happens without ruining anything, but there's a sequence where she ends up going on a date uh, with another comedian and she's in this 
where the fuck were they? Were they on the islands or was it still in Vegas? Uh, she's in this club and this is fucking beautiful sequence where it's just all one shot. And the choreography when they follow the singer and they go through this club is outstanding. It's awe-inspiring. And that's the thing when I watch these shows, I watch like an episode of this and I'm like, I can't do this. I don't think I want to do this. I really don't care enough about synchronized swimmers to want to do something like this. It's insane. And whoever's doing that show, and I should probably do my research before I talk about it, but whoever's doing that show must have some sort of stage background, right? Because a lot of that blocking is just too clever <laughs> for like the, uh, the nephew of a producer who gets the show or the niece of an investor that I want to do a TV show. You know what I mean? Like these people come from fucking the good stock. These people come from experience, you know? And you watch the show and it's amazing. The writing's really great. The dialogue overlapping, I really enjoy. Very Altman-esque, very, um, oh God, what's the guy that wrote uh, um, the face the Facebook movie there, Social Network? I'm going to look that up now too. Oh, yeah. That's my new thing now, guys. Um, I'm going to have a whole podcast where you guys just listen to me. Uh, search the internet. <laughs> and normally if there's another guest on the show, we would disguise the fact that I have to search the internet uh, by having that guest uh, go through and say something else. Um, but no, I'm not going to. His name is not Alan Arkin. His name is right on my fucking tongue. Uh, okay, IMDB. Give me the crew. Here we go. Aaron Sorkin. That's it. So the writing on that reminds me of Aaron Sorkin's screenplays, which really, uh, they don't take a moment to give the characters a breath. They're sort of speaking over each other the whole time. And I love that. It adds this sort of suspense to it. And it's got like a sort of throwbacky vibe. It's got like a old noir detective uh, vibe to it too, which I really dig. And the fucking production design is great. And the costumes are great. The show's really good. And it stands out. Right? There's a handful of shows that really stand out in a sea of content needs. Um, and I think that show does. I think uh, Mindhunter does, obviously. Um, and, like, what is another one? Like, we tried watching some new shows, or I've tried watching some new shows lately. Like, there's a new one on, uh, on HBO that wants to be like Chronicles of Narnia meets, you know the Hunger Games with the fucking bear and all that shit. And yeah, it's just like, I'm bored. And then there's the Witcher show um, with, uh, what's his name, Cavell there. And I liked him in uh, the new uh, Mission Impossible movie. I thought he was fucking killer in that. Uh, and I like him on screen. He's got a good presence on screen, but God damn it, that show does nothing. And there's so much of that stuff. So it's great to find uh, these episodes or these shows that, that really stands out, you know. Because it's true, this is the golden age of television, or not even television anymore, streaming or, or long format storytelling. Uh, make it good, right? Don't just fucking phone in the tropes. Don't bring them in like, okay, so 
Uh, now uh, he was cheating on his wife, so now we can get into that. And then now, um, oh, right, now he needs to approach how his father was feeling about him. It's like, God damn it, we've, we've seen these stories over and over and over and over and over again, especially now in a period of time where we're just digesting these things and binging on these things, getting fucking fat on these things. So I know it's hard, but let's tell some new stories, right? Like, let's tell some new character stories. Let's tell some stories about... Uh, people that are doing things just a little differently, right? Let's make it up. doesn't have to be real. We can make it up, right? Or is it not going to work because everybody wants uh, McDonald's cheeseburgers right now, right? Oh, this tastes weird. I don't like it. Mm. I want my candy. Give me my candy back, right? Maybe that's it. Maybe I just don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe... I wouldn't be this bitter about that stuff if one of my things were going right now. That might be it too, you know? I'm not ashamed to say that. Uh, could be it, you know? And would I be happy to do any of these shows? Fuck yes, I would. Um, and would my opinion change then? Maybe. But I'll tell you this right now. I'm in the process of trying to make my stuff and I get a lot of those notes and I fight back as much as I can. So we're trying and uh, we can only make stuff that's really good if you guys go watch the shit that's really fucking good. Like, literally go to the cinema. Why do you not go to the cinema? Why are you allergic to going to the movies right now? Right? Everybody's like, oh, it costs so much money. Oh, fuck yourself. How much money did you blow this week on bullshit? How many of you went out there and bought fucking Baby Yoda toys? It costs too much money. How many of you assholes stand in line at fucking Disney World to go and build plastic lightsabers for like $200 or whatever the fuck it costs, right? Costs too much money. Not that it costs too much money. I, I At the end of the day, it's, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff to blame, right? A lot of crap movies that came out. You get into like the mid-2000s, a lot of crap movies coming out that period of time. And then theaters got greedy, sure. And then you pay a lot of money, you go to a theater and the seats suck, got it. All that stuff's a big thing. Popcorn costs a fucking shitload of money, got it. But uh, there's that experience, man. There's that experience of enjoying these things with human beings. Being in the same space as a human being, right? And people are like, well, I don't like being around other people. Well, when you go watch a scary movie, if you watch kind of a mediocre scary movie at your house it's gonna suck and you're gonna sit there and go this movie sucks but if you go watch a mediocre scary movie with an audience full of people that are scared you're gonna fucking like it right because it's an experience especially in that genre especially in the genre that i work in it isn't just about me doing perfect on the fucking screen it's about you guys being involved with it too right you guys are supposed to go and scream and gasp and do shit I mean, how often do you get to see something really strange, but you're standing with somebody and their reaction makes you feel weird, right? That's a big part of it. That's a big piece of it, right? And if you're younger right now, if you're part of that younger group that just hasn't been exposed to that and wants something more from movies, and if you're sitting here and just sort of digesting things on your phone, which is however you fucking do it, I don't agree with it, but however you do it, that's fine. So you're digesting these things on your phone. And you're like, eh, I didn't really, eh. Or you're like sitting in, a, in your TV room and you're on Instagram during all those, those low points. Does it bother you, right? Does it bug you that you can't focus on this thing? And is it because it's not good or is it because the situation isn't right? It is a big question. And how do you make the situation right? 
right? Like Halloween, right? A fucking person in a in a mask in a perfectly lit room, you know, isn't scary. But if you go to someone's Halloween party that actually set up a hazer and set up like dry ice and lit the rooms and you sort of walk in and you're like, oh my God, this is an experience. When you go out to a great bar and the lighting's right and you're like, fuck, this feels really good, right? The same thing can happen when you go see a movie in the, in the cinema, right? And pick your favorite cinema because there's, there's some dog shit ones out there, you know? Some of the fucking old school Regal ones always suck. They're, they're getting their act together. They got to pick it up. But I love fucking Alamo Drafthouse. You've heard me talk about them before. They're fucking amazing to go watch a movie at and talk about an experience. And the one here in downtown LA is fucking phenomenal. They have a great bar. They got good food. Uh, you can flip through some like awesome shit. Excuse me. Amazing Mondo stuff movie posters and all that kind of stuff and you could i would literally go to the alamo draft house drink at the bar for fucking three hours and hang out uh, and play games or whatever the fuck we're gonna do there and then go see him and then go see a movie god i got the hiccups right now hold on a second Whew. so i don't know i fell down that hole again because it's on our minds as filmmakers right now. You guys need to go support and see these. And the good thing is, is that it is happening, right? So there are a lot of people that are going out there to do that. Um, what is the uh, the new Adam Sandler movie that just came out? It's fucking, gr- I haven't seen it yet, but everybody went and saw that. And that was an indie. Adam uh, Sandler. Oh my God, just give me what I want. <laughs> Give it to me. What's his new one? Uncut Gems. Yeah, Uncut Gems. Have you guys seen it yet? I want to see it. I'm going to go see it. A24 put that out. Uh, it did well this weekend. did well opening weekend, which is really great. Um, Knives Out did really well. A lot of people went and saw that movie too. Another uh, original uh, concept, another piece in the cinema. So it is happening, and I'm not going to be you know too cynical about it. There are people still going to see this stuff. I'm just trying to instill a bit of excitement into you because there's something so great about it. And now these theaters are desperate, so they're doing some really cool stuff, right? So you can find like a really cool homegrown theater or like a local cinema and go have a good fucking time. Um, And I highly suggest you do. So let's see, where are we at right now? Ranting and raving. Oh, hey, fuck, man. 49, I got to do a read. (laughs) Oh, All right, let's see. So I'm not going to do much for reads this year. I'm really going to do uh, one big sponsor read for this episode because these guys stand above the rest of all my sponsors on this show. And uh, I love the other sponsors, um, but uh, when you guys step up to the level of these guys, uh, you'll get a very special read for me. Um, And uh, I love them to pieces. And you guys know who I'm going to bring up. It's the dudes over at Puget Systems. If you're an independent filmmaker, if you're an independent photographer, if you're a video gamer, if you're a sound engineer, if you're just someone that literally booted up your new computer system and you got the pinwheel of fucking death and you're like, God damn it, I gotta buy something new. And then you go online and you price out the hottest new shit on the market and you're just like, fuck, I need to kill somebody. I need to sell their organs. I need to figure out a way to make the money to be able to pay for this goddamn thing. 
because uh, I'm going to be paying through the teeth until it's no longer valid, and then I'll be back in the game again, right? Uh, I highly suggest you look into building a PC because PCs and, and Macs doesn't make a fucking difference anymore, especially in our industry, in the film industry. Mm-mm, doesn't matter. Most people are using Adobe products. Like I use Adobe products. They run on both systems. Um, and uh, both systems work the same way. There's this whole rumor that PCs crash all the time. It's not true. I've had more crashes on my Mac lately than I have on my PCs. Um, so go check them out. And if you're looking to build a system, uh, there's a bunch of new stuff out in the market. Um, but building a computer is always daunting, especially for the average user, especially for someone that's just like, look, I, I get it. I don't care. I just want to buy it, open up the box, and get it going, right? Uh, you want to find a good company that A, has good customer support, B, makes great systems, and C, listens to you and gives a shit about their clients, right? That's a big part of it. I highly suggest you go to Puget Systems, pugetsystems.com. These guys build custom-built PCs uh, based upon whatever software you use. So you can easily go there and start to pick your baseline package by selecting the software that you use or that you're going to use and they will suggest to you where to start right because contrary to popular belief there isn't a one configuration works all for everything let's say you're that guy that's like i want after effects and i want premiere and i want uh you know resolve i want it all to run on my system sure you could build a system that does it all but it's going to do it okay right or you can build a very specific tailored system uh for your needs and that's what i really like about these guys as opposed to going to the other places where they're like look here's the deal here's the three variations on it and this is the only hardware that you're going to use because that's the only way we can manage uh the product with this so we know that nothing will go wrong as long as you use this piece of hardware as long as you use this configuration good to go in in theory that's great but when you're someone that's creating art and you're someone that's trying to push the limits of stuff I get frustrated with that because I'm like, well, this doesn't do what I need it to do for my fucking work. And the response is usually like, well, you're not using it right. Oh, go fuck yourself. It's all about my work more than it's about your gear, man. So you make it work the way I want it to work. Oh, you can't? Then I'm out of here, right? That's why I ended up at Puget Systems. Went over there, talked to the guys, and I said, guys, this is what I need. I want real-time 4K playback. I want the ability to upgrade. I want plenty of room in my system. I want like uh, solid state drives to run everything. Um, give me a fuckload of RAM. Uh, give me a great graphics card. Let's put it together. And these guys, this is what's great about Puget Systems. They actually beta test all the new hardware on the market, right? And they stay on top of all those like, hey, free updates. Every time you get an update from uh, uh, Adobe, it fucks with shit. It drives me insane. These guys keep up with it. These guys sit there and they go, okay, here's the hardware that's going to work best for this right now. Uh, here are our stats. Here's our benchmark tests that we've done on this piece of hardware. Look at how better the two generations before graphics card performed as opposed to this brand new one that they're selling you on the market. We suggest you go back to, right, for your configuration. Who the fuck else does that? That's amazing. And then if you're building your own PC and you're like, well, I can fucking handle this. Cool. I've done that before, but there's nothing worse than like buying all those parts and going, I think this will work with this board. And then you're putting things together and you start it up and it doesn't get past the bios and you're like, what the fuck did I do? 
I hated that shit. And I did it for years, but when I started to become a pro and I started to run my own business and I had people working underneath me, I didn't want to be my own tech support. So that's why I went to Puget Systems. But let's say that you're still that guy. You're like, look, I build fucking custom-made hot rods in my garage. I can do a PC. Good to know. Go to PugetSystems.com anyways because they post all of their fucking benchmark tests. So they do all that work for you. And they're not charging for that because it's not about money for them. They actually want this community to flourish again. They want creatives to come to a place where they can get the shit that they need to make their art PugetSystems.com. I love those guys. They're a supporter of the show. They've been a supporter of mine for years now. Um, and I'm so happy to have them in my life because they're great dudes. I love going and drinking beers with those guys. Uh, so go check them out, PugetSystems.com. They are the only read for this show, intentionally. I have other sponsors, but for this episode, it's them because I love them so much. The other stuff that I'm going to promote on this show is very specific to me. So... <clears throat> Uh, I don't know if you've done it yet, but go to inlovewiththeprocess.com. There I have put together a website that makes it very easy to now navigate through the 61 episodes that are there to listen to. I know it can be a daunting thing where you go and you look at the list on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify and you're like, fuck, and you start reading and it's just text and you're like, who the fuck is this person and why do I want to listen to this person and what is this about? Go to inlovewiththeprocess.com. There, I separate the shows based upon the subject material, based upon the guests. So if you want to listen to directors, go to the director section. If you want to listen to crew, go to the crew section. I think I'm now going to break a cinematography section off because I've done so many cinematographers at this point, but they're in the crew section for now. Go in there, check it out. I've got artists. I've got all sorts of different categories. Plus, on the website, I talked about this in the last episode, I have a link to my goodbye 2019 playlist for Spotify. And I went through the process, painstaking process of putting together uh, a track list of songs uh, because I am that kid that grew up making CDs and tapes for, for people. Um, I believe there's value in getting a list from another human being that has some sort of emotional connection to it. Uh, and maybe you'll find some tracks on there that are great. And it's sort of my love letter to like new retro wave synth alternative synth pop kind of shit. It's a lot of fun. It's basically a playlist that I like to play when I do a long drive out here in Los Angeles. It is fucking great to listen to on a road trip. It is great to listen to at night. Um, but it's got awesome acts on it. Uh, of course, uh, Code Electro, who's been giving us music on the show forever, he's on there. But I've also got Big Black Delta. Uh, and it, I, it surprises me. I always, Gene and I were talking about this. We take it for granted that a lot of other people don't know who Big Black Delta is because we've been listening to him for so fucking long that he feels like he might as well be you two in our eyes because he's he's that established in our album playlist, track playlist, everything else. So we love Big Black Delta. Um, and I have, I think I have two tracks from him on there. Uh, and I, I'm going to expand the playlist out because fuck it, you're going to be subscribed to it. I'll make it, I'll add some shit to it. Maybe I'll add some stuff to it today put some new shit on there. So for those of you who have already listened to the playlist, I'll throw some new tracks on there for you. We'll refresh it. Um, but check it out. A bunch of great acts. Like I said, Big Black Delta's on there. I've got a track from Duke Dumont on there. I've got uh, M83. I, I don't know. You might be rolling your eyes going, M83. Yeah, they got some great fucking music, man. Really good cinematic music. Um, even some John Carpenter stuff's on there. So uh, I really enjoy it. So that 
The only place you can get it is at inlovewiththeprocess.com. Go there and check it out. Um, let's see, what else am I doing here? And do me a favor, head on over to Mike Petchy at Instagram or at In Love With The Process Pod, that's In Love With The Process P-O-D on Instagram. There you can uh, leave me comments, you can leave uh, suggestions for the show. And this is what I'm gonna say to you guys. Tell me that you listen to the show. Right now, you're listening to the show, right? You're listening to me talk. You're probably doing it on your iPhone. You can still listen and open up an app. So open up your Instagram app. I'll wait. Open it up right now. Seriously. Okay. Find me. Look up Mike Petchy. You probably follow me already. Send me a message right now. Say, hey, I love the show. I listen to the show. And which episode was your favorite? And what do you want more of this year? Right? Because if you don't get what you want, it's your fucking fault. Because you didn't just do this right? Go through the process of doing that. And what I'll do is I'll randomly choose one of you to send a free print to for doing this. So go to at Petchy at Instagram, send me that message. Say, I listen to the show. I love the show. I think the show sucks. Go fuck yourself. Whatever you want to do, but do it. It's important. I want to start interacting with you guys more. So let's, let's get it. Let's get on it. Um, and if you want to support the show, there's a couple different ways. Add in love with the process.com. There's a donation button, but I know how difficult it is uh, to reach in your own wallets. So there's a bunch of free ways to get us money for the show. First and foremost, if you haven't done so already, I know you've heard this on other podcasts and maybe you've already done it on another podcast. If you haven't done it yet, sign up for a free trial at audible.com, right? So you get a 30 day free trial at Audible, comes with a free book. Um, and you get access to amazing uh, online, uh, what do they call them, audiobooks now? I think that's what they call them. Um, they're great. It's a great place to actually keep and catch up with reading uh, as you do long rides. And after you finish this podcast, maybe you just transition into you know listening to some book, which is great. Um, and uh, sign up for 30 days. And if you don't like it after 30 days, you can cancel. Uh, you're probably going to stick around because it's a great service, but even if you do cancel, we still make money. Okay, so let's get to the point. It's the easiest way for you to throw the show some loot, right? If you haven't done it so yet, go do it right now. The stuff comes through. It really helps me out. Um, another way to do it, and this is a little bit bigger, uh, but and I'm going to, once again, I'm going to set up a little disclaimer. If you're the type of person that has trouble with your finances, if you're someone that is in debt, if you're someone that is looking for a way out and you think the credit cards is the way to go, do not listen to this. Do not do this. I do not condone it. But if you're somebody who is like, look, I'm trying to expand my business. Uh, maybe I'm a freelancer and I'm tired of having to take money out of my rent account to pay for gear and then have to wait 30 days to get paid for my client. It's time for you to get a credit card, right? So it's time for you to get a card that uh, really helps you develop and grow and build some credit and get some benefits from it. And that's what Jane and I did. We went and we found, we did the research and we went with Capital One, right? And because Capital One's got great uh, point offers on them, right? So there are two cards. They have the Venture Card and the Venture One. Here's the difference between the two. The Venture Card, the first one, has a yearly fee associated with it. It's $95 yearly fee. So that's the big thing about that. But... The benefits are pretty huge. 
you get 50,000 points when you spend $3,000 on purchases within the first three months. Okay. How do the points equate to cash? That's 500 bucks. So you get 500 bucks that you can use towards travel. See how this starts to work here? That helped pay, that literally paid for my trip out here to look for houses, was doing that. Um, the cool thing about these credit cards is that there's no annual fee for a year, which is great. So you can stack stuff on that card knowing that you're not going to have to pay for the year. Just have it paid off before that year happens because you don't want to be paying that interest, right? So uh, Venture Card, or you can do the Venture One, which has no annual fee, right? And what you get from that is you get 20,000 uh, bonus points if you spend $1,000 in the first three months. That equals about 200 bucks, but there's no annual fee. Okay, I've got both. So that's how Gene and I did it. We both have both of those cards. We went through the process of stacking up that because you do a production, right? You do a job and you have to rent gear and very easily you get $2,000, $3,000 in your card within the first month. Very simply. And that's money that you're being paid back on the production on. So you're getting paid to use the card at that point. So 500 bucks, bam, right there. Good to go. Uh, you can sign up for both these cards at inlovewiththeprocess.com. Just scroll down and you'll see a graphic for either the Venture card or the Venture One card. Um, and like I said, Venture One doesn't have a fee. It's a smaller bonus, but it doesn't have a fee. It's a great thing. Um, and it's a great way to build your credit. It's a great way to have just a little bit of security behind you when you're doing these larger jobs and the client hasn't given you that upfront money that you asked for, but they still expect you to show up to the fucking shoot, right? Uh, then you can at least put all the expenses on that card. And it won't kill your rent. You know what I mean? So definitely check those things out. Um, so yeah, those are, uh, those are the reads. Those are the reads for the show today. Where are we at? We're doing good, man. We're ranting on. It's about an hour in. Let's see. What did we miss? What did we miss here? We talked about the movies. Yeah, dude, more than anything, it's about motivation. That's really what this show is about today. How to stay motivated and how to be motivated and do it in a healthy way for 2020. Make yourself a list. Like I said, make yourself a list. And, you know, you look at these fucking celebrities like uh, Kevin Hart. Jesus Christ. You look at him from the outside and you go, God damn, this guy gets so much done. This guy isn't, he's a machine. He's a machine driven to be a billionaire. Fucking machine. Him and The Rock. God damn it. Machines, Right. There's actually a new dog series on Netflix now on uh, Kevin Hart, which is pretty interesting. Um, I find him to be an interesting character, and uh, he can be a very inspiring character at times. And then Gene and I were watching the show yesterday, day before yesterday, and afterwards you can't help but go like, man, I don't do enough. If this fucking guy gets all this shit done, I need to do more. I need to do more. I need to get my lists right. I need to get my plan in place. I need to figure it out. Uh, it's a pretty good show. Um, you know, you got to weave your way through the self-promotion stuff that he does, but uh, I, I enjoy him. I enjoy his stuff. I think it's pretty cool. Um, check it out. It's on uh, Netflix. Uh, I think it's like Fucked Up Again or something like that. Uh, good show. Good show. It's a good motivating show. Uh, and I hope that this show... Uh, continues to be motivating to you guys. I hope you guys enjoy this show. I hope you guys enjoy listening to this guy fucking talk. <sighs> you know, because that's all I'm doing is talking, 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 talking to you. Um, and um, 
I just want to say that I love you guys. I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, and I'm not going to blab on for too much longer, man. It's been an hour just me talking to you. Uh, be motivated. Make your lists, right? Put together that that idea. And it doesn't have to be as big as making a movie. I mean, there's a lot of people that listen to the show and do stuff. Like maybe this year you want to get really good at smoking ribs, right? There's a lot of tricks that you can do. There's a lot of things you can learn about that. And it isn't just going out and buying a smoker. Some of the best places in the country that do shit literally smoke ribs and like, you know, wood they find in the backyard and a fucking, you know, sheet metal top. You know, it's it's about fire management. It's about learning about fire. It's about learning uh, about cooking time, consistency, smoke. When does smoke taste good? When does smoke taste bitter? Um, you know, maybe you want to learn how to smoke ribs, right? I just saw a thing on the on a menu last week where someone was smoking cauliflower out here. I wonder if that would taste any good. It must if they have it on a fucking menu. Someone eats it. Huh, maybe I'll try that out. You know, maybe it's a bit healthier. Um, you know, do something like that. Or maybe you want to lose some weight you know, like everybody else. You know, do, do yourself a favor. Don't sign up for the three-month fucking gym membership, right? Just go for a week. See if you like it. Save yourself some fucking money before you do that shit. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, man. And then uh, go see a movie, right? I think it's going to be Uncut Gems for me. Maybe we'll see that later. Let me go see that. We'll do some prep. Oh, and the, you know what? I'm not going to end it yet because... Remember how I was talking in the beginning of the show about uh, wanting to do some uh, practical special effects? Well, I lied. I picked that book up already. <laughs> so I'm reading this book right now. It's pretty awesome. It's called The Technique of Special Effects Cinematography. Um, it looks like it's a fourth edition. It, it looks like one of those books that you get or used to get at film school, right? I'm sure that this was like you went to like USC and this was like a required read. Um, and when was this published? Let's see. First published in 1965. Second edition was 1968. Third edition, 1972. Okay, so this is old school. Old school shit. Um, and I'm fucking excited about it, man. Uh, because it's it gets into um, A, shooting on film. And, and while we're talking about it, the career path or just the job of an assistant camera person on a film camera is so much more complicated and so fucking fascinating uh, than digital. Like the, the mechanical skill that you need to have to do it. And the precision that these cameras had when they were built is amazing. Like the mechanical precision, just the alignment, the gate, the hooks that pull the film through and how that specifically aligns and creating sync engines and sync motors for them. So that way you have sound sync. So that way it's turning at the same rate that your sound recording is happening. So that everything stays in sync. Um, so fucking rad. And I've been sort of going through this old book and learning about a lot of that stuff that I was never really exposed to. Um, and one of them, uh, talking about practical effects, one of the stuff that I find really interesting is how they would use... Uh, glass. They would do paintings on glass to extend sets. Think about this, right? So you go back and you watch, I don't know, old Hitchcock movies, movies from the 50s. 
they would do this in before they would do this uh technique where let's say uh you were shooting at a location that had uh the ruins of a castle maybe it just had the doorway right maybe a couple windows so they would go there for the wide shot they'd set up a wide shot and then they would literally bring in a big piece of glass so it would be like a 16 by whatever piece of glass and set it up in front of that shot and they'd bring in an artist and the artist would look through the eyepiece and literally paint in on the glass the castle right think about this he would literally paint and they would use oil paint at the time because the colors registered really well with the film stock so he would paint in the rest of this castle on the glass so that when, when you're shooting through the glass it looks like the castle's bigger how crazy is that? I don't even know. Like, I have to find an artist that can do a rendering like that. The talent on the artists that were painting on these glass, like literally showing up to a location and painting that stuff. And then you start to think about a lot of the other tech stuff where it's like, oh, okay, so he's painting at what time of day? So if you're doing this outside, at what time of day is he painting that? Because where are the shadows and shit? And then when you're shooting that sequence, you have to be shooting that sequence at the exact time that he was painting that, right? And what is he doing? He must be taking a picture at a certain time of day and then referencing that picture, but then also referencing the actual eyepiece of that camera. And how long does it take him to paint that? So you're literally nailing that camera to the ground so that it doesn't fucking move for that amount of time. And then he's painting this thing. And what they do is they tent it in because... You don't want reflections from the sky or you don't want to see the camera in the glass. So you tent in this giant camera behind this glass. Um, and then there's this other issue with, with depth of field, right? So I don't know if you guys know this or not, but if you're using uh, specific lenses and you're low on your aperture, right? So if you're like at a 1.8, a 2.5, a 2, you get very shallow depth of field with any lenses higher than like a 25 at least right because then you start to get shallow depth of field meaning that the lower your aperture the more blurry the out of focus stuff is right and if you change your lighting for that uh if you actually open your aperture all the way up to like a f11 f22 uh you get more focus Right, so even though you're focused on the person in the foreground, you also get focused in the background. And there's a technical reason for that that I'm not gonna go through right now, but it's fucking fascinating. And so then when you think about it, it's like, okay, I need the castle that's being painted on the glass in front of me to also be in focus with the castle that's about 50 feet away, right? So I need to get my lens at a F22, right? Which means you fucking close that thing all the way down, which means that it gets darker, right? If you guys use your camera, you know when you close that up, it gets fucking darker in the foreground. Now, if you're outside, the sun does such a really great job at uh, illuminating. So uh, if it's a sunny day, F22 isn't gonna make a difference. It's actually gonna get a better exposure on the building in the background. But the problem is, in that tented glass area, in the foreground where he's painted, that's gonna be black. So then you gotta bring in some big fucking lights to light that glass in the foreground, to get that exposure, to get it up to a 22. 
And at that time period, these are old school, probably tungsten. I don't even think I don't think they were using arc lights back then. Maybe they were. These are big fucking light units that come in to do this. Uh, so it's a fucking skill. Holy shit, it's so cool. I love this shit. Um, this book's pretty interesting. Like I said, it's called The Technique of Special Effects Cinematography. I got it on... Did I get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble? One of those fucking places. Um, but I'm really excited about it. Multiple plane glass shots. A combination glass shot and mirror shot designed to produce an outer space scene of the moon and the earth against a star field. A miniature of the moon is suspended. Let me pull this closer. A miniature of the moon is suspended against a dark blue backing. It can be seen behind the camera. Sheets of glass are stacked in a multiplane fashion, bearing paintings of a foreground, wisps and clouds, a view of the earth, and a distant star field. A beam splitting semi transparent sheet of glass is positioned between the camera and the sheets of glass, angled on a 45 degree angle. It reflects the miniature of the moon uh-huh, onto the glass, while the camera also shoots through that glass to photograph the stacked sheets bearing the various painted images elements. Uh, if the shot remains on the screen for various seconds, it will be desirable to move the foreground sheets of glass, blah, 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 blah. How fucking cool is that? Right, to create space with like different paintings and different elements on glass. Super cool. I love this shit. You'll see some of this stuff being in my movies. This is part of my motivation for this year is uh, having that book on my table and waking up early and trying to go read some stuff from it. There you go. Anyway, that's the episode. I want to wish everybody a happy new year. Uh, and I want the most for you this year i hope you guys really get uh going on the, your dreams and make that list and start chipping away one little piece at a time thanks for listening and i will see you next tuesday <laughs>